So, uh, as full spoiler, we know that that means Shireen and, like, fuck you, yeah, Renly. Yeah, fuck you, Renly. Fuck you, Renly hard. You're a son of a bitch. Hey, oh, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners. I thought I messed that up. I pulled a U for a second. It's tough, right? Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, a full spoiler reread podcast of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Us and Fire series, starting with The Game of Thrones. I'm Zach, joined by Yuge Day thing. I'm Nate. Him. That guy. What he up, is guys? not having my antics today. He's, he's just, he's, fuck, just stop for two minutes. Oh. So if you're, if you're new with us, welcome. Thanks for joining us. What up? We are full spoiler. We'll say that a few happy, times. Happy like, June. As By the time you'll be hearing this, it will be the 3rd of June. And so summer's right around the corner. Yo, hope this you, future ship confuses the hell out of me. Hope you got some sweet plans ready. Pew, 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 pew. And hopefully you're not too disappointed with the ending of the show, however that ends. So, ended. we here. What? However it ended. Ends ended. You yeah. know. What else? We're recording this early, so. As they well are aware Not if by they're this new. Point. We were talking to the new oh, listeners. Oh, yeah, that's right. Get off Sorry, your shit, new listeners. See? If you're returning, welcome back. Glad to have you. This, this episode, we are reading... Chapter 27, Ned 6. Uh, but last week, if you joined us... We were reading John 4. Jacob Jingleheimer Smith. Smith? Smith? I don't Smith. know, I dude. I don't fucking know. All right. And John had met a new friend in that uh, of... A new brother. Excuse the fuck out of you. I was doing my recap. John meets a new friend out of one Samuel Tarly who comes to the wall fat and scared and eventually shamed by all the men in the yard until John gets them all to agree that they're going to protect Sam and a little threatening from Ghost and Rast and John and Gren and Pip help sort of smooth that over and Sam ends up joining their little posse and it's kind of heartwarming and then... When John or when Sam says that he's never had a friend, that's when John very dramatically says, "No friend, we're brothers." Is that your recap? Yep. You done? Mm-hmm. I found it dry. Cool. Suck it. Yeah, I don't care so what you think. So this week, like I said, Ned six, and Ned is at a small council meeting. Yeah. He's meeting with some of the fellas, so, well, I guess him and the fellas are meeting yeah, with Yeah, you made man. that, like, much more casual and chill than it actually is. <laughs> Nate, Ned is listening to the bitching of the city watch's commander, General Slint, Slint, and he's saying that it's the hands tourney that's causing all the trouble, my lord, and Ned winces corrects and corrects Quick. him. The king's tourney, the hand wants no part in it, I assure you. And which I think is kind of just a funny response. It's call it what you will, my lord. Like I don't really fucking care oh, yeah, what you call it. Shit what it's called. But we need more men. And he says that knights have been pouring into the city since the announcement of the tourney, along with free riders and crafters just and merchants and whores and thieves. Yeah. And and when the heat, it was bad enough. But now with all these people, just last night they had a drowning, a tavern riot, 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 a riot. What's a riot? I don't know. It's like a city crier, but they rye. But they can't see. There you go. Sure. Because there's no C at the beginning, so it's Ryer instead of Cryer. I hate you. Hey, man, if I have to break had, down the joke, they had, a, your they had a drowning, a tavern riot, three knife fights, a rape, two fires, 
robberies beyond count, and a woman's head was found in the Great Sept in the Rainbow Pool, and no one seems to know who it belongs to or how it got there. And this is when we learn that Renly's not really sympathetic to this cause. He speaks up, saying, If you can't keep the peace, Janos, perhaps we should anoint a Lord Commander who can. <laughs> Renly's having nothing. Yeah, Renly's just having fun. Shit. And Stout and Je- this is when we get the description of uh, Janos Slint. Stout and Jowly. Janos Slint <laughs> puffs up like an angry fall- I frog. I Jowly. His bald head reddening. So he's, uh, he's quite the character looking, and he puffs up at Renly's insult i guess and he says that he needs more men he doesn't have enough men yeah so ned you know practical asks, ned yeah thinks you know he asks him how many as many as we can get dude like we're struggling here so ned says that he will make sure that Littlefinger has given them enough coin to hire 50 new guards well as he's thinking this ned's also ruminating on the fact that of course robert's not here he elected right. to not come to this council as he did many surprise, others surprise. surprise surprise so ned has to speak for him and he, yeah he tells uh, Baelish that he will find the coin to hire 50 more men. Baelish is like, will I? <laughs> and Ned's like, yo, you found 40,000 for the prize for whoever wins this tournament. You can find enough money to hire some guards to protect the shit during this fucking And keep tournament. the king's peace, yeah. Like, and Ned also says that he will offer 20 men from his own household household guard to help Jano Slyn uh, until the crowds from the tourney recede and leave the city. So, Janos thanks him and takes his leave. He dips. And Ned turns to the council, expressing his desire to just be done with this tournament and everything about it. But Pycel speaks up, saying that... Um, yeah, they events, think about the economy and how it Yeah, really... the realm pos- prospers from events such as these. It gives the great a chance at glory, and the lowly a respite from their woes. And, yeah, Littlefinger adds in, and it puts many a coin in many a pocket. Yeah, and so that leads to the conversation of brothels and Renly commenting about how Stannis tried to ban that. Yes, completely. Stannis tried to outlaw him. Robert wasn't pleased. No, that's a, a very important yeah. thing to note right here, that Stannis, he wants nothing to do with whorehouses. They're shameful, sinful, bad places in, in his eyes yeah. and not okay. But King Robert obviously wouldn't <laughs> have that, and... Renly even wonders how Stannis ever got his ugly little daughter. He goes Which is fucked. and he said, "Yeah, absolutely." And it's also your niece, Renly. You mean? So, uh, as full spoiler, we know that that means Shireen. And like, fuck you, yeah, Renly. fuck you, Renly. Fuck you, Renly. Hard. You're a son of a bitch. And so, he 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 says, uh, describing Stannis, he says he goes to his marriage bed like a man marches to a battlefield, a grim look in his eyes <laughs> and determination in his in his duty. It's we get this great picture of Stannis and I love it. But yeah, Renly's sort of a douchebag to his niece. And Ned sort of wonders on his own when Stannis will return to Dragonstone or return from Dragonstone. But Ned's done with it anyway. Yeah, a little bit makes some jokes, but he he excuses himself and is is that that. Yeah, he goes back to the Tower of the Hand where Harwin is guarding the door. And Ned tells him to summon Jory and to tell his fa- father to saddle his horse and have it ready for Ned to leave. And it says that the he, – he says this pretty roughly to Harwin, and it says that the Red Keep and the Hand's tourney were chafing him raw and that Ned yearned for the comfort of Catelyn's arms, the sounds of Rob and John crossing swords in the yard, and for the cold days and the cool nights of the north. He misses home. Yeah. Is, is basically He's getting homesick. 
So he goes back to his chamber, and he's waiting for Jory, and he washes himself and changes out of his clothes. And things get interesting. And he starts looking at the the book, and it says that Pycelle was right. It is a ponderous fucking read. Uh, it was written a long time ago, but Ned is convinced that John Aaron asked for it for a reason, so there is some truth buried in these brittle yellow right, pages. Right. If only he could find it. So he immediately Which is great. opens so, to the Lannisters. So besides the fact that it just happens to be the Lannisters, while Ned doesn't pick up on this, George Martin is throwing this shit in our face coming up. The right, Just stuff. all the sorts of stuff yeah. right now. So, so Ned immediately goes to the Lannisters because he believes something's afoot due to Lysa's letter. So he's looking at their lineage, which is mistake number one. Because as we know... Kind of. Well... It is. And it I mean, isn't. it's going to. It's. It's going to help confirm. Yeah. You know, Joffrey, yes. but it's. It, he's really looking for the the, the proof. The proof and evidence. Yeah. Not so the seeds that are going to. He's hoping there. that yeah something's going to jump out him at him on the Lannister pages, and we get a description that the Lannisters were descended from Land the Clever from the Age of Heroes, and and this is what's important is it says that there's there's a sm- one of the tales that he reads that or he recounts that he knows of Land the Clever because he basically re- decides that Land the Clever is essentially the South and Casterly Rock's version of Bran the Builder. Yep. But there's way more songs about Lan the Clever. Mm-hmm. He's a much more popular and, you know, pleasing type. And so one of those stories is that he stole gold from the sun to brighten his hair. Yeah. And so Ned actually has this thought that the Lannisters have bright golden hair because of this descendant. Yeah. The Lannisters have bright golden hair. <laughs> and it's just funny that like he's he even thinks this story because he's looking at the Lannister stuff and it still doesn't click yet. Yeah. And so I thought that was cool that So uh, he's that interrupted happened. on his musings by a knock at the door and it's Jory. And so Ned closes the book and tells him to come in and he tells Jory that he's promised 20 man 20 men to the city watch and Jory is to choose who and give command to Alan. And then Ned asks if Jory has found the stable boy. Jory says that he didn't, but everything that he got out of, I think it was uh, not the stable boy, but someone else, like yeah, the forest master. So the stable boy had nothing. Nothing. It's done. all yeah. There, it was all of little use, and this. The worst thing of all is that this is the last of the four people yeah. that Littlefinger had turned up. And basically, off. all the other ones have been very similar situations. Just absolutely nothing. Coming Sir Hugh was a dick. Uh, yeah. He he recently told, knighted, so yeah. he's just got this arrogance about it. He that, said he would be pleased to talk to the Hand and receive him, but he's not going to be questioned by a captain of the guards. And Ned thinks even one ten years his senior and a hundred times better swordsman than he. The serving girl Ned thinks had at least been pleasant, but again, she offered little. The pot boy now, who the, knew some kitchen gossip yes. had some interesting things to say. And some. I, I listed some here. That... I listed them all. I'm very excited. <coughs> all about right. These. If you listen so, to them all, hit it. <laughs> so the pot boy, and these are all just in passing because John Aaron never spoke directly to him. He's never actually held a conversation with John Aaron. Uh-huh. These are just things he happens so to So some rumors, some lies, some the truths, untruths. And so one, the first thing is that John Aaron had been quarreling with the king. Now, I actually don't think that that's that big a deal. I I think it's true, but I think it's very minor. I think it's very common for those two to be quarreling and disagreeing. John Aaron, I I believe, regularly acted as Robert Baratheon's conscience. Yeah, being that father figure, that uncle and brother. So I think there was definitely some butting in the head, but Robert would always... The next thing which I think was fairly important was that he was going to have his son fostered at Dragonstone. Yes, with Stannis. Which, you know... Especially after we just had the look at Stannis from Renly and Littlefinger in the small council. Stannis is a hard man. 
he's a brutal man and there's, you know, his daughter's this ugly little girl. And so at this point, we technically don't know whether that's physical. I mean, we know. This is yeah, a yeah. spoiler. Whether it's a physical or just a, you know, a Joffrey ugly. Yeah. You know, just that inside. So the next thing is that he had taken a great interest in hound breeding. Yeah. This is the key. Right there's the key. So that right there clearly is, he, he's not interested in hound breeding whatsoever. It's, I feel like, learning the genetics and how they cross and what leads to what color yeah, dogs. Yeah. And, and it allows for that breeding. And so he can compare that to the the genes of humans. Yeah, so that's yeah. why he has to See if there's any them. sort of pattern yes. to it, yeah. So then uh, he also hears that John and Stan has had a new armor made, uh, or we're looking into it with... Um, polished silver chest plate, I believe it was, yeah. with the moon of the pearl, half moon with the the raven. It's the house Aaron sigil. Yeah, but a very ornate. Well, again, like the chest plate. The the big sort of surprise of that one was that Stannis went with him to do this. Is yeah. that Lord Aaron was having this commissioned, but Stannis himself Oversaw went and with him. Chose the yeah, sigil. and and then we'll get a little more, and I we can technically bring it up now as well that. John Aaron was not one for flashy garments. He's like the the, the new age rappers yeah. flashing all their ice and walking around like they're hot shit. That's not John Aaron stuff. Like he's old geo, so yeah. he's gonna just do what gets the arm the job done. Basic male or whatever it may be. And Stannis has no reason to accompany them. Yeah, there, Ned asked Jory stuff. if there was anything else of no, and Jory just says that the lad had sworn that Lord John was as strong as a man half his age, and that he often went riding with. Lord Stannis and Ned thinks Stannis again because he finds it curious that and he thinks that John and Stannis were always cordial but never friendly and while Robart Ro, while Robart <laughs> Robart <laughs> while Robert rode to Winterfell Stannis completely removed himself from the capital and sailed to Dragonstone and so Ned wonders like where John Aaron and Stannis, Stannis were going on these rides yeah. so Jory says that the boy says said that they visited a brothel together, and Ned is dumbstruck at this. There's no fucking way in hell. Everyone knows that Robert's lusts are just un- insatiable, so him visiting a brothel, but John Aaron and Stannis Baratheon, it, he even says Stannis was a different sort of man, uh, one year younger than the king, but utterly unlike him, stern, humorless, unforgiving, grim in his sense of duty. Stannis is not the motherfucker going to a brothel to be getting laid. Stannis is going to a brothel for information is yeah. number two that we should be picking up on here. John Aaron's looking into genetics and breeding, and he's got Stannis' interest in this as well for some strange reason. They're visiting a brothel together. They're visiting an armorer together. As we know, they're visiting the different bastards of Robert. And it's just, oh, Martin, it's just so good. So Ned asks, which brothel? The boy doesn't know, but this is when Ned gets kind of pissed and says that the gods are vexing us at every turn. Everyone who might actually know the truth of John Aaron's death is now thousands of leagues away because Liza Aaron decided to dip out. Right, because they took uh, with uh, John Aaron and Stannis took three guards with them every time they mm-hmm. would go to these brothels, but those guards went with Liza. Yeah, and so on top of you know the Meister uh, was it Coleman or Coleman, something, yeah. and then. Um, all just all the others that have disappeared, and so he's stuck, just fucked, yeah. man. So Jory asks if he's gonna summon Stannis back from Dragonstone, and Ned decides not yet. 
not until he has a better understanding of what's going on and where Stannis himself stands. Stannis, right now it seems like, from Ned's perspective, Stannis fled. Yeah, right now he's the wild card because we don't know whether he's fleeing. Ned's not sure if he's... He's afraid. If he's in, afraid if he had something to do with anything. Ned like, finds like, it really hard to imagine what it is that could frighten Stan- a man like Stannis Baratheon who withheld the siege of Storm's right, End right. for, you know, yada, yada, yada. But Ned asks for his doublet and... He wants the nice one, basically. Yeah, he wants to stand out. He wants people to know who he is when he shows up. He wants his status to be recognized. Jesus, Ned. And so... So then he goes into this little story as Jory fetches his nice, you know, dire wolf sigil doublet with, like, silver-lined fur shit. It's white and black. Yeah, well, Jory tries to point out that Renly is brother to the king as is Stannis so maybe Renly might know something but Ned then throws back that Renly wasn't invited on these trips with John Aaron and Stannis it was right. just John Aaron and Stannis and Ned isn't really sure what to make of Renly with his friendly ways and his easy smiles and then he thinks of yeah this interesting encounter just a few days past where Renly pulls Ned aside yeah. and shows him this exquisite gold rose locket and inside in the style of mirish painting i don't know why that's important but it is there's a mini portrait of a lovely girl with doe eyes and a cascade of soft brown hair and renly anxiously is asking if ned recognizes the girl yeah and or if it reminds him of or anyone. if it reminds right and so ned's like nah and renly seems disappointed when ned just shrugs for an answer and, and not really and this is when renly says that this maid is Loras Tyrell's sister, Marjorie, my girl. And he doesn't say my girl, Zach says. Yeah, my he girl. might that's my girl. But he says that there are those who think that she looks like Lyanna Stark. And Ned's a little bit amused by this and tells him no. But Ned thinks could it be that Renly, who very much so looks like a younger Robert, has now developed a fancy for someone he believes looks like a younger version of Lyanna Stark. So what do you actually think is the... I believe that this is Renly's plot here, where Renly's no... I don't think Renly's necessarily dumb. I think he knows some shit is up. I think he wants to marry Marjorie to Robert. I think he wants to try to convince Robert to leave Cersei and actually... I had kind of had this feeling that he's he's not necessarily on board. Well, so we'll find out later that Loras is his friend. Yeah. Very close friend. Exactly. And so he's very interested in his line and his, you know, best friend's line. Yeah, he wants uh, to bring the Tyrells into the fold. Power, right. Yeah. He wants them to be in power also. So he's checking to see if Marjorie looks enough like Liana to where he can go, hey, Robert. Look at this girl. Look at this girl who looks just like Your Liana. Your obsession. Yeah, exactly. Like, you should go get her. And so that would lead to Cersei being done with, the Lannisters being done with. So. Yeah. So it, the the thought just strikes Ned as queer, the whole thing with the locket and everything, but he doesn't really give it much thought. And Ned begins dressing uh, and continues dressing and says that maybe Stannis will return for the tourney, and Ned thinks that it's not bloody likely. And this is when Ned buckles on his long sword and Jory clasps the cloak on his shoulders with the hand of the kingpin. And then we get, yeah, as you mentioned earlier, that John Aaron isn't one much for the fancy armor with ornaments and everything, and armor is for practical use, not decoration. But maybe he changed. Otherwise, he wouldn't be the first man who's changed since coming to the capital. I.e. Robert. I.e. Robert. But Ned doesn't really think that likely. So Jory asks if he can do anything else, and Ned tells him it's probably time. He started visiting some whorehouses to try to gather some information as to which one right. that boy was at. 
or where John Aaron and Stannis have been. And Joy grins, saying, you know, oh, that'll be hard to convince the men to do. And they leave. Right. So then Ned uh, goes, gets on his favorite little horse, and he takes a trot through King's Landing yeah, in the same fashion that's going to lead to him getting ambushed by Jamie Lannister. He's got two men accompanying him, and they go under the King's Gate and into the city. And Ned keeps checking behind him as he goes. He is paranoid as shit, and it's mainly because of Varys the Spider and his little birds. He feels like they're Ned, everywhere. Ned, at this point, like, you don't even need to look. Like, they're those there, people, yeah. those people that you're riding by, they're watching you. And Ned thinks that Tormond, Tormard, and Desmond had left early this morning to take up positions on the route that they were to take and watch for anyone following them. But... Even with that, Ned's still uncertain. And Ned, yeah, that's not going to help. Like, yeah, your cause... Northmen just stick out, buddy. Like, it, you're better off just sort of, especially you wearing, he specifically wants to wear the Stark sigil to be seen. And then he's tripping out about being, like, he's so contradictory in the way he does things in this city. And it's, it's yeah, just, it's, it's when funny. you think about it, it's no surprise about what happens to him because he's well, that's just it. so. There is, it's very blatant how naive he is towards just about everything. Yeah. And the way he's raising his children. Like, I mean, everyone, you know, loves to give Honorable Ned the, the you know, he's the hero. He's the greatest person. He's the most honorable. He's not really that great of a parent. You know, he's a, in his own ways, he's pretty terrible also in certain aspects of, of the parenting and of being a, a nor- because of his, we discussed it in like our very first uh, brand chapter when he's beheading Garrod. About how there's just this hierarchy that can't. It didn't matter what Garrod said right there. Ned was taking his head off. Yeah. There was no talking his way out of it. And going to King's Landing, people are going to try and talk their ways out of things. Yeah. And they're going to make the lies. They're going to change things. And he's not willing to accept that. And he loses his fucking head because of it. Yeah. So they come and they enter the Street of Steel near the Mudgate. And Ned watches as a column of riders pull up to the Mudgate. And a long black banner is running through riding through and it, it's all ripply and nice and it's a night sky that's slashed with purple lightning and the guy starts shouting make way for lord barrack and of course now barrack's gonna start scratching at the door because he thinks i'm yeah, calling okay. him yep and so this is when we get our first glimpse of barrack dong darian i almost called him dog darian barrack dong darian rides in and it says that close behind the banner, the young lord came himself, a dashing figure with red and gold hair and a black satin coat dusted with stars. Like, Beric Dondarrion is a star. Yeah, that's pretty badass. So, somebody shouts out, You here to fight in the hands tourney, my lord? And Beric Dondarrion shouts back, Here to win the hands tourney, and the crowd cheers. And Ned turns onto the street of steel. He's not <laughs> really having the shit. Which, and they follow you know. the winding path up the long hill, and the higher up the hill they go, the bigger the buildings get, the richer the... the... And, of course, the man they wanted is at the very top of the hill. Yeah, so he approaches this house, and so uh, what we see here is something I've do- I had done in the past, some very serious theory crafting about all these parts coming up. Yeah. Um, I've read a lot of theories about a lot of this stuff, and I don't technically think it has any more implications than just the the base, you know black and white type just contrasting yeah and so they he comes up and he he arrives at the house he was traveling the doors are a hunting scene carved out of ebony and weirwood so they're a very dark side and a very light side yeah. light wood and dark wood and i just love the the imagery in that that yin yang style yeah doorway 
And he enters, and he meets Tobo Mott. Well, so there were the two guards outside. Oh, there well. are. Yeah, you're still in the description. Okay. Yeah, and so the two guards were fashioned in some steel armor that was red, and it transformed them into a griffin and a unicorn. Any, any that finger in any of your ticklers? Mm, I mean, <laughs> John Con. So a lot of, yeah, I've also read a lot of stuff there. I think that it's kind of just... Stating, yeah, these may have, there's, oh, you know, because we don't know how early Martin had certain ideas in his head necessarily. Mm. So this is pretty early on for him to be throwing around John Connington. But at the same time, if he had an idea that Griffin's Roost might be coming back at some point, get that. Get that so I mean, what, like, there. what are we inferring from that? No, I don't know. And that's the like, thing. Like, John Con fucking saved um, Gendry and entered Gendry in here. Like,. Maybe. And so there was a statue erected for him? Well, it's not as, uh, it's just the armors and stuff that make it kind of look that way. And so it could just be an armor that's for sale that has never gotten picked up or, you know. I don't know. Who man. knows? Who the fuck knows? It's a straight up says statues. Okay, so they're statues with armor, aren't they? Or are they actually. I, that, I, I would believe that they have armor on. Yeah, that's. Yeah. But. Whatever. IDK, I digress. Ned heads inside. And there's a little serving girl in there. And yeah, and she. Ned tells her to summon the master and he meets Tobo Mott here and Tobo Mott tells her to fetch some wine for himself in the hand and sends her away and he begins just sort of blustering over himself to to impress the hand of the king you know offering him armor offering him arms for the hands tournament that's coming up and he says that you you know there's no craftsmanship equal to mine in all the seven kingdoms. My work is art. Yeah, he just bragging. And Ned's, and Ned's just sitting there sipping his wine. And so we also go. We, we do learn that he's also one of the very few men that knows how to work Valyrian steel. Yeah, he as he keeps going, he says that the Lord of Flowers buys his armor here, which we know is Loras Tyrell. Renly himself buys just his got, armor which here, which is the armor that we had, uh, which the, is the, the armor. antlered stag helm that we had seen back with the in green Sansa's enamel. Chapter. Yep, mm-hmm. and says. Uh, so perhaps, the, or maybe the hand needs a new blade, and it, that's when he says that he had learned to work Valyrian steel in the forges of Kohor as a boy, and only a man who knew the spells, this is what Ned thinks, he doesn't say this, but only a man who knew the spells could take old weapons and forge them anew. And so Ned asks him, did you happen to make a falcon helm for Lord Aaron? And this one we start getting into the stuff. Mott pauses for a second and says that, the Lord Hand did call upon me with Lord Stannis, but they did not honor me with their patronage, meaning they didn't buy shit. So Ned looks at him without saying anything, and Ned thinks that he had found sometimes silence yielded more than questions. His first good... Intelligent like, thought? Yeah. Yeah. And so Mott does continue. They had asked to see the boy, so I took them to the forge. And Ned has no idea who this boy might be, but says, I should like to see him too. Me too. That's why I was, That's why, I that's why I'm here. And so Ma gives him a cool, careful look and says, as you wish, my lord, with no trace of his former friendliness. Yeah. He closes up here, which is just interesting. But so he takes Ned out the rear door and they go across a narrow yard to a large cavernous stone barn where the forging and smithing is done. And there's a ton of people in here, and as soon as the doors open, the hot air made Ned feel like he was walking into a dragon's mouth, which I just thought was a fun little descriptor. Yeah. But Tobo Mott calls over a tall lad about Rob's age, and he introduces Ned to the boy. 
And he describes him as looking hunky as fuck. Pretty much. Is how I read Sullen blue eyes, <laughs> and he pushes back his thick, shaggy, unkempt black hair, sweaty hair. Super black as ink hair. Just... And this is Gendry, Mott says, and he's a, he's a hard worker. He He's a strong lad. And Mott tells... Boy, boy, show him that helm you made. Yeah, exactly. And they walk over, and Gendry pulls out the bull's head helmet. And Ned notes that it's unpolished, but it is very good work. And he tells him that and says that he would like to buy it. And Gendry immediately snatches <laughs> no, it. No, so it's, it's not for mine. sale. <laughs> I made it for me. And Tobo Ma is horror-struck. You know, the hand honors you. You should just give it to him by him asking and... Gendry says, nah, like, nope. <laughs> I made it for me. Nope. But Ned doesn't care. He's fine. And So he starts asking what uh, Stannis and Aaron had visited yeah. him for, and he basically recounts what happened. They asked him a bunch of questions, and he told them the answers. Yeah. So I like that we learn also that his mother was a blonde. Yeah. And that's about all we really kind of get into there. It doesn't go yeah, too heavy. Yeah, he says that they had asked, you know, if he was being treated okay, if he liked the work, who his mother was, what happened to her, and he just says that she had died when I was little, she had yellow hair, she used to sing to me, and she worked at a nail house. That's all Gendry knows. Yeah. And Ned asks, did Lord Stannis question you as well? And Gendry says, <laughs> the bald one, no, he nah. just sat there and glared at me like I had gone and raped his daughter. And so, didn't Robert rape his wife or some shit like that or sleep with his... Uh... There was some weirdness at a wedding a while back, but I think it's mainly just another of Robert's best. Like, I just think Stannis is like, what the fuck? So like, between, another brothel, another one, yeah. like, result. So, I think that and seeing Robert so yeah, yeah. much in him just reminds him of, especially, you know, because that's pretty much why he's looking at him like that, because that looks like younger fucking Robert, who did do those fucking terrible things to yeah. him. Yeah. So as soon as uh, Gendry mentions, you know, possibly raping Stannis' daughter, Tobamach just goes off on him, you know, mind your filthy tongue, blah, 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 and tells him to go back to work. And, uh, or doesn't tell him to go back. He just and, tells him to shut his mouth. Yeah, and Ned uh, grabs him, like, by the chin, and he's like, look at me. Look yeah, at me. Yeah, he tells him to look at him, and he's, he's like, playing with his hair. It's a little weird. But then Ned thinks, yes, like, I can see it now. And stuff's finally clicking. And he tells Gendry to go back to work, and he walks back to the house with Tobo Ma, and Ned asks him who paid for Gendry's apprenticeship fee. And Tobo Ma says, a lord, very reluctantly. And he said he gave no name, and he wore no sigil yeah, on so his So that's coat. after initially he was like, no, nobody. Yeah, there was no, yeah. no, no, I took him, I mean, look at him, he's a big, strong guy. Yeah, I want to do it for free. Ned was like, horse shit. You could get any big, strong kid you want. But you still wouldn't without an apprentice fee. Mm. Who the fuck paid for the fee? And yeah, yeah, a lord. He gave no name, and there was no sigil on his coat. He paid in gold twice the normal amount, and he said he paid once for the boy and once for my silence. He was stout, not so tall as you, brown beard, and he wore a rich cloak, heavy purple with silver threads. But the hood shadowed his face, my lord. So I also noted that it said that he was round of shoulder, but his brown beard with a bit of red. Yeah. And then, yeah, he had the thick, purple, rich purple cloak, velvet, and silver threads. But, Thoughts on who this is? Um, John Conn. So I, I was also thinking potentially uh, Illyrio could be. I'm thinking it's Varys. But Varys was my, my main one, just mummered up a bit. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. But it 
Who knows? Like, yeah. Who, who knows? So Ned cuts the bullshit here and says, you know who the boy is. And Tobomot says, my lord, I'm, I'm but an armorer. I only know what I am told. And, uh, yeah, it's cool because if you, you know, if you know how to read, that sentence didn't have a question mark. He wasn't asking you know. him anything. And so he says it again. You know what the boy is. That is not a question, Ned says. Right. And... Mott says, the boy is my apprentice, and basically who he was before doesn't matter to me. And Ned Knott's deciding that he likes this Tobo yeah, Mott, he likes and him. the guy seems to be pretty simple as far as what he wants from Gendry, that he's just going to let him forge, because he's, he's good at good it, work. clearly, and that's that. Yeah, and he's so probably making Tobo Mott Ned gives him an o- makes him an offer that, you know, if, if Gendry ever decides that the, ha- the hammer of a blacksmith isn't for him and he wants to be a warrior... He looks like he could be a warrior, so send him my way before you just, you know, send him packing. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, put a sword in his hand. Which I think, at that point, has a lot more to do with him knowing that it's Gendry's bastard, or Robert's bastard, just like, you know, he took John on and saw Yeah, the... I think it's basically like, if uh, if ever you're not wanting him here anymore, send him to me, and I'll, you learn, uh, you know, look after him in some way, shape, or form. And so Ned leaves, and his guards are still waiting for him outside, and uh, one of them asks if he's... Jax asks him if he found anything. And Ned says that he did as he's mounting up. But then he's wondering what it is John Aaron wanted with the king's bastard and why it was worth his life. And this, obviously, in a first read-through, is meant to be the moment it clicks that, oh, this is King Robert's bastard, obviously. We know this. We know who Gendry is. We know the the who's and what's of it. Surprise. But, yeah, so <laughs> Ned finally has an answer to one minor, minor question, which is sort of what it was John Aaron was looking into. And, and so this is going to lead him on the path. But it's still even, like, so far away from the actual mm-hmm. deadly truth, yeah. which is Joffrey is a product of incest between the queen which, and her brother. It's, it's so funny that he doesn't make that – he hasn't made that conclusion, but – an he hour looking before at the lineage, he was yeah. le- you know, looking at that kind of stuff. And that's where we leave Ned on his sixth chapter with what a, only a few left to go. You know, every chapter gets – because I was going to ask you what you thought of the chapter, but, like, God, it's a fucking good chapter. It's so It's good. great. It's just frustrating to watch Ned flounder through this game yeah, and yeah. do it so well, terribly. Especially, you know, after – because your first re- read through your – you're looking at him as the the protagonist. He's yeah, the definitely. hero. He's yeah, go Ned. You know, and then we we realize this. and so looking at it through this lens where we're just looking at his folly. We're watching we're so him arrogant. we're like we're, we're, you fool. You stupid you son fool. of a bitch. We're through the first one we're like, yeah, you're the man. No, I mean I still do love Ned. Like he no, represents yeah. a lot of good things in this world, but they're just they're they they don't mesh with playing the Game of Thrones, and unfortunately right. that's about to encompass all of Westeros. You have to play, even if you don't want to. Even the small folk are fucking playing the game now, because it becomes all-out war here soon. So, those are our thoughts. What's your in- who's your inductee? You got an inductee? Pa-pa, pa-pa. I had one, and now that you put me on the spot, it slipped away. It was going to be uh, John Aaron, because he did some, he did his footwork, man. Like, he was doing his research to make sure he had all his stuff in order so that he could fucking handle that stuff. I, I think that it's a good idea that Stannis got out of Dodge. I think it would have been a good idea that had John, before John Aaron died, he said, Hey, Stannis, if anything were to happen, Ned Stark's the man. Mm. Ned Stark's the man. But, again, John Aaron had no intention of telling Ned. That was all Littlefinger anyway. Yeah. So, um, But I'm going to give it to John Aaron for doing the legwork, finding out like all this, this shit that he knew. You know, the, he, he did a lot of... 
You mentioned mine. Mine's going to Stannis the Manus because he got the fuck out of Dodge. Like yeah. he, he saw that this was some deadly shit that was going on that they were finding. But I like that it also shows him as practical. Practical. John Aaron brought this to him, and Stannis was willing to ride out to these brothels to this blacksmith and do the due diligence of confirming and doing his research and and finding the facts and facing Before them for himself pro- proclaiming anything and yeah. he still hasn't he st- he just took what he knew and and went because he knew that this is volatile shit i don't know if he straight up knows yet that the incest so i think he does personally I but do how well. do you how do you how do you prove that mm-hmm. like you, you how do you go in front of everybody and be like let me teach you genealogy when i don't have you know it's not like that so i think he ran not ran but bounced to dragonstone to sort of think on like how can i present this revelation you know. and you know with john aaron dying he's going fuck yeah i might be next yeah exactly we were snooping around we were seen together obviously so shit there might be a target on my back so yeah that's my inductee Stannis. Yeah, and i think that uh he's he's you know he's very ned like in his his morals and the, his, his rigidity right honor but i think he's more aware of the game oh yeah by far than Ned is. I think and he still so, detests the game. But oh, I don't think he, I don't think he likes to play it. I don't think he... But yes, he's definitely aware and willing to. But yeah, those are our inductees. Those are our thoughts. Please send us yours. We would love to know. Yeah, and we're... So next week we'll be reading... Next week, next episode, we'll be reading... Catlin 5. Cat 5. So send us inductees for Cat 5. I had an inductee for... Oh, never mind. That's for the show that we were... That's a different episode. Following Cat 5 will also be Sansa 2, so if you want yeah. to be really ahead, send us Sansa in those. Two. Man, there's a big time jump from Sansa 1 to 2. Because mm. Sansa 1 was way back with Joffrey On and, the road, and Renly yeah. and, Sam, uh, and 2, you know. Shit. But yeah, you can reach uh, and send us those inductees at Twitter. We're at Manners Without on Twitter, Facebook, facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. We're on Instagram at Brotherhood Without. And then we're on iTunes, Spotify. We would really appreciate a yeah. rate and review on iTunes if you could do that for us. Yeah, we're, uh, we're on Stitcher and Breaker and all those other ones as well. Basically, you can find us wherever you download podcasts. Remember, we're Brotherhood Without Manners. And our Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. withoutmanners.com. We've got some content up there. Yeah, we have our, uh, our Mercy Patreon-only chapter there. It's... Patreon.com slash without manners. So give that a listen, and we would love to hear what you think about that if you're looking for some more content. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you downloading and checking in with us and writing into us and just bullshitting with us. So we're chilling. You're chilling. Everybody's chilling. It's all good, yo. And it's all good. And always remember the tourney puts coins in many a pocket. Valor de Harris. Peace. Peace.